What's up, world? We're back. Another podcast. I say we, but obviously it's just me for now. I promise you, the people that I said were going to be coming through, they're going to be coming shortly, right? Uh, but for now, just me still today. And, you know, I still have a lot to say. So maybe it's a good thing that the other people aren't quite here yet because, you know, when they get here, I want to make sure that we're all on an even keel as far as to what it is that I expect for this podcast to be, right? That first go around, uh, for one, I guess I should stop and address the fact that some of y'all gave me some really good feedback and I, I genuinely appreciate that shit, man. Y'all have no idea how much it means to me right? Um, it just empowers me even more to want to do these more consistently. I don't really know what the consistency is going to be for now, but I can say that I'm just not going to be a one-off deal and that much is for sure, right? Uh, another thing that I was, uh, you know, pretty impressed about with the feedback is that unlike the comments from the people who listen, me personally, I have a very critical ear, right? So there was a lot of mistakes that I think I made in the last one, chief among which being the fact that I was just, I was so excited to talk to y'all, man, that I was talking fast as fuck, right? Uh, so hopefully for this one, we're going to slow it down just a little bit, but not too much so that it starts to bore you, right? Ain't no fucking Ben Stein shit coming on here, but maybe just not having a bust of rhymes our way through it either, right? So slow it down just a little bit. <laughs> um, another thing is, uh, you know, this is the second podcast that I do. And obviously I'm not very versed with the technological aspect of it all, but fucking DIY or die, bro. So, you know, we're trying to figure this shit out on my own. And there's going to be some stumbling blocks as far as the technology is concerned. And I definitely ran into some of those my first podcast. So if it seems as though it was rushed and I kept promising things that I was going to talk about, it's partly because, yeah, I was definitely excited to talk to you all for the first time around. But it was also because my camera was running out of juice and I didn't want it to die before anything could possibly be saved because I would fucking have hated it if I had to do that podcast over again. So I was just like, oh shit, I don't even know how much longer this is going to last, but it's on its last bar. So let's try to get out as quick and succinct as detail as possible to try to get this introductory podcast out of the way already, right? So I can get this weight off my shoulders and just, you know, continue on with my life. Thankfully, that's not going to be an issue today because your boy already thought in advance and I went out and bought the power cord. So not only is it connected to the battery, but it's also connected to the outlet. So got a little bit more time right i say just a little bit though because i'm gonna fucking sit here and you know bore y'all to death with an hour-long podcast as much as trust me talking for an hour an hour and a half three hours if you're in my thursday saturday classes this semester it's not an issue right but you know i understand some busy folks around here and we ain't trying to just you know there's other stuff that i'm sure you'd be wanting to do and you know the time the fact that you're taking the time out to listen to this podcast it really means a lot to me right so I, even though, you know, ideally we'll have more time than the last time, it's not going to be that much longer because again, uh, you know, your attention is precious and I'm not going to take it all up to myself. But believe me, I, 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 I would love to, right. But you know, today we're going to get straight to the point, right? <laughs> uh, one of the points that I was, cause you know, I, I did go back admittedly and re-listen to the podcast, uh, you know, just to try to figure out what I didn't like about it personally the first time around. And one of the things that I realized is I got to establish something of a structure, right? Be a little more consistent with the format, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, this is a philosophy podcast. And I just, I don't feel as though I talked enough philosophy the first time around, right? (laughs) Um, I talked, I don't, you know, I talked about a lot of things, but I could have given you all a little bit more philosophy. So with this one and this one moving and the ones moving forward, I will definitely be doing that, right? Still talking about the news and shit because right now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. But it's important to be able to underpin our understanding of where my interpretation, at least specifically for the purposes of this podcast, 
is, is, is influenced by in terms of the news, right? So what I mean by that, for instance, is in the last podcast, I mentioned something about how I neither identify as left, right, or possibly even center. And I even went so far as to say that I would like to think that I transcend politics, right? And part of what I mean by that is, don't get me twisted, politics are undoubtedly important, right? But I think that what we receive in the form of politics has kind of been co-opted to be something akin to what you would expect from a reality TV show on the E-network, no less, right? It's kind of become a shit show. The real politics, if anything, happen on that boring-ass C-SPAN channel, and that's just what they allow us to see, right? They being, you know, the politicians, definitely, but the people who run the network and all that kind of stuff. And I think that would be a little bit more in line with what politics is mostly like, right? But especially with the current president, Donald Trump, right? Since his deciding to run for office, I've definitely noticed that it's become more of a shit show in the sense that it's more concerned with the ratings and it's more concerned with the outlandish behaviors that these politicians engage in, which is not new by any stretch of the imagination. And perhaps I was just a lot younger and I never paid attention to it. So it possibly has gotten this kind of coverage this entire time, but I was just not aware of it. But whatever the case might be, I know for an absolute fact that from the moment that Donald Trump threw his hat into the mix, his little his little MAGA hat, right? As soon as he threw that bad boy into the mix for the presidency, it kind of seemed as though, shocker, the reality TV star turned our presidential, definitely, you know, at the presidential level, political climate to something of a show, right? And for one, I, that that definitely that definitely is part of this whole idea of like, man, I don't fucking I don't concern myself with politics. Right. But that's honestly that's that's just a small part of it. Right. And if I'm being honest, I think the larger part of it just comes again from my study of the field of philosophy. I kind of mentioned that again briefly in my previous episode. Right where I discussed how the study of philosophy helped me combat some of my ignorance, right? I say some because I'm telling y'all motherfuckers, I'm still ignorant as shit, right? There's this thing that I've, I've noticed with my students, for example. <laughs> one, my very first semester teaching at El Paso Community College was so, you know, he was the one that said it so bluntly, but I, it happens every semester, right? Uh, I'll, I'll relay the example of the student from my first semester at EPCC. And with the understanding that, you know, again, it happens and it's happened in all my classes since. And not all of them, like, you know, definitely at least once every semester. But, you know, we were talking about moral progress and how we can possibly develop from, you know, the individuals that came into the class without, you know, really an understanding of what morality is. Aside from that, which we've been socialized with, that is to say, the, the, the morality that our parents gave us. Right. Um, to the person that is there at the end of the semester or nearing the end of the semester, having actually studied ethical theories and moral theories and the foundations for these theories and why certain people agree with them and why certain people don't agree with them and the problems and uh, underlying these ethical theories right and i was kind of making the suggestion that if we study ethics then ideally ideally right if we start to apply it definitely hopefully i guess i should say not definitely right uh hopefully that we can become better people right now <laughs> Remember, this is my first semester at EPCC. It was my, one of my first classes. So maybe I didn't fully develop the idea as well as I could have or would now, right, with a little bit more experience under my belt. But the idea essentially was that by examining all of our flaws with our ethical and moral thinking, that we could realize just how unbi unbased, you could say, I guess, uh, our belief was in our original morality. And that in doing so, that would create a little bit of space for us to become slightly better people, right? 
And I had one student ask me, well, have we, have we come this far and are we those people now? Right. And does that imply inherently that we no longer have to continue searching for our better self to which I just, you know, I couldn't help but laugh. And I still laugh just thinking about it now. And the reason is because again, not just this student, but many students since we, and you know what? Fuck it. Myself too, at one point or another, right? were under this mistaken belief are under this mistaken belief that your philosophical progress starts the first day of the semester and ends the very last day of class. That is to say that you were a quote unquote ignorant person from the, uh, the first moment you walked into a philosophy class because you weren't philosophically aware. But now that the philosophy class is over, the semester is over that you are somehow going to be an enlightened individual Right. So that it, it makes me laugh because this is it's clearly not the case. Right. In fact, uh, I really don't think that we ever get to the point where we are these enlightened individuals and that anyone who says that they are or that, you know, feels comfortable in, in knowing that they ultimately one day maybe might become that individual. I would fucking say run as far away from those people as possible. And that's, you know, definitely my own personal advice, but it's also advice to be fair. That's been gleaned from philosophical discourse. Uh, and also that has been gleaned from my uh, examination of cultural practices that are, you know, evident still to this day, definitely historically. Right. So what I mean by that is simple, right? I always tell my students, for instance, if anyone is ever trying to tell you one of two things, Right. Either A, that they know what the truth is, like the truth in its absolute sense, truth with a capital T, which I'll be talking about here shortly, right? And uh, B, that only through following them will you, able to be, uh, will you ever be able to get there? My advice to my students, in no specific language, right, is to get as far away from those people as possible. Because if history has taught us anything, those people are only either trying to fuck you or take your money, or maybe even both, shit, the fuck, Right? This is outlandish, this idea that only one person can possibly know the truth, the absolute truth of the world, and that you should follow that person, right? And that if you don't follow that person, that you won't ever be able to achieve the truth that they allegedly behold, right? Or hold, rather. And <laughs> this idea was, again, uh, the importance to, at least for me personally, the impetus to want to talk about it in the first place was, you know, brought to me, it brought to my attention by my own reflection of my first podcast from last, you know, well, I was last week, but I only posted it like three days ago, right? And it's because, well, shit, dude, like realistically, I kind of am one of those people myself as a philosophy professor, but definitely as just an average person who is fucking has the audacity to come up here on a podcast and tell you what I think the truth is or how to get there, Right. Um, the idea here is what's going to be a logical fallacy. So we'll consider this our first of many, many little philosophical lessons that we're going to be getting throughout these little podcasts and videos and all, uh, all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, a logical fallacy, just to keep it simple, right. It would say, I would say it's a linguistic and rhetorical device. It's trickery. It's deception. Right. Um, some will argue that it's, you know, fallacious or well, obviously fallacious. That's where you go with the word fallacy from. Right. But it's a deceptive argumentation uh, it, it, that's directed in such a way where an individual is trying to get you to believe their own personal subjective opinion, as opposed to what we allegedly as philosophers believe is the truth right now. I say allegedly and I scare quote it because, well, damn, I'm doing it again. But I'm sorry. Again, there's just so much shit to talk about that. I'm just it's not possible to do it all in one little sitting. Right. 
But one of these days, I will get to the point of the discussion where I will address the fact that truth in its absolute form, and when I say absolute, I mean like it, it, it applies in every single aspect whatsoever. So gravity, for example, would be an example uh, for uh, would be an instance of absolute truth. It is entirely objective. Gravity don't give a fuck about your age, your race, your ethnicity, rather, your sexual orientation, your gender, whether you believe it or not, uh, believe in it or not, your, uh, you know, religious inclination. Gravity applies to everybody, right? Uh, as far as philosophy is concerned, we would like to think that the same could be said with the truth. We just assume that there's a truth out there and that if we work hard enough that we can possibly find this truth on our own, Right. But as the lectures progress, man, as these podcasts progress, you're gonna we're gonna see that that may very well not be the case, and that the truth in its absolute sense, with a capital T, if you will, is something of an idea akin to the God in Christianity, for instance, in the Abrahamic religions, right? And that much like the idea that you know God may very well not exist, truth may very well not exist either, right? So. When it comes to this logical fallacies, let's get that much out of the way, right? We're saying we're we're saying we're trying to avoid this this deceptive and you know this this trickery, this deceptive wordplay, these rhetorical these rhetorical devices and this deceptive thinking because ideally they're going to navigate us away from what we believe to be the truth, right? But ideally, you can only be navigated away from the truth if you know for an absolute fact that there's a truth out there to begin with, right? So let's get that much straight out of the way. And then, of course, there's going to be people who come along and say, well, the truth absolutely does exist, right? And this is the truth that was established for us by Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates. To which people like me would say, oh, Jesus Christ, dog, like for reals, you have no idea how complicated or how, you know, problematic, if you will, that, uh, you know, insistence to say that the truth of what, you know, Aristotle, Socrates, and the like established back 2,500 years ago is the absolute truth and the rest of us have to adhere to it, Right. Because, well, it's it all boils down to relativity that we're going to examine here shortly. Right. So now that we got that little brief part of the uh, of the problem out of the way, the logical fallacy that I was initially trying to refer to is what is referred to as an appeal to authority. Okay. now going back to this idea about the politics, man, one of the reasons I can give a fuck less about the politics in general, whether they be on a local state or national or fucking even global level, man, honestly. Okay, is because it's something of a trap. At least it's kind of what I've experienced, right? It's in my own personal experience. It's a trap in the sense that if you don't, you know, if you don't stay on your one, two, Doug, you might fall into the false belief that the politicians know what's going on, <laughs> right? And um, I don't really think they do, right? They might know what's going on, you know, at at let's say the global level, the national level, the state level, right? For sure, the mayor right in here of El Paso knows a lot more about the haps of El Paso and possibly even the state of Texas than just average citizens like you and I. And if we extrapolate that further, we'll say, for instance, then that the governor of Texas for sure knows more about what's going on in Texas, the everyday inner workings of the state than, you know, just average citizens of El Paso like you and I. And then we'll extrapolate it even further and say, well, obviously, then the president would know more about what's happening about the United States of America and the global affairs than will just a governor, a mayor and ultimately an average everyday citizen. So that's not what I'm saying. OK, what I'm saying is a little bit more complicated than that. OK. And what I'm trying to say here is politics, global affairs, 
they're all part and parcel. They're just, it's, it's all one part of a larger hustle, these institutional forces, right? And ultimately, it's we as humans who give these institutional forces any sort of credence. We are the ones that give it any sort of power over our lives, right? That we just collectively agree that, yeah, this is how the way the world's going to be run. And, you know, historically speaking, if people get fed up with the way the world's being run, whether it be in one form of a government or whether it be whoever's in charge of that particular government, then they'll replace it with another one, right? And that is why we have capitalism and democracy in America and, you know, in, in, the, you know, in, 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 in uh, Europe 200, 300 years ago, Maybe shit, even today, right? I guess, but definitely, let's say uh, 500 years ago, that's why they had a monarchy, right? And then you know, Europe underwent all the revolutions, and they slowly replaced the majority of the monarchies with a little bit of a, a hybrid democracy monarchy type deal going on, right? Um, so yeah, so they definitely are in control, and they definitely know what's going on with that kind of stuff. But that is limited to a very small understanding of reality, and that small understanding of reality is predicated on the value that we as humans give to it simply right this has nothing to do with the truth in its absolute sense of the word right the best way that i can possibly put this is give you the example of the mantis shrimp one of my fucking favorite animals man that little shrimp is a trip in this particular instance i speak specifically of its eyes right and the reason the eyes of the mantis shrimp trip me out is because they see colors they see hues of colors that we as people have no fucking clue exist, right? How we even know that they see different colors is beyond me for reasons we're going to see here shortly, right? But scientists are bold enough to admit that, yeah, dude, this shrimp sees far more of the color spectrum than we as humans can ever possibly see. And, you know, since I'll lay myself with the scientifically inclined, I would, you know, reason to believe that they're correct. And I would say, tell you, like, dude, you have these mantis shrimp here that see 10,000 different colors hues, right? This complete different color spectrum. And if we can't see those colors, what makes us think that we can see the truth for what it really is, the truth in its absolute sense, right? This is deeply, deeply complex idealism philosophy here. And we'll, I promise you, I promise you, right? We'll get to all of that in due time, okay? But shit, we like I said the last time, man, we got to crawl for we ball, baby. Got to work our way up, right? And the first way that we're going to get there is through examining the various logical fallacies of which I'm discussing only one today for this little brief podcast, and it's the appeal to authority, right? We as human beings have a very limited understanding of reality, not just because we have not been around that very long and not only because, you know, our scientific discourse has only been around for even shorter amount of time. The scientific discourse here being the prominent preeminent tool that has allowed us to get the majority of our understanding of reality. Right. But more importantly, because we as human beings are fundamentally limited in the ways in which we can accumulate knowledge to begin with. Right. It basically boils down to two ways. You consider yourself an empiricist who relays on who, who relies on science, right? So you say that anything that can be measured, anything that can be seen, etc., that is what constitutes truth and reality, right? Or you consider yourself a rationalist, and the rationalists are going to say, no, you cannot rely on your senses for a variety of reasons that I promise you. I, you know, part of me hates making these promises, but because I, it's kind of like I leave you hanging. But the other part of me loves making these promises because it, it's going to keep me focused on all the things that I have to talk to you about. Because for me personally, I just assume everyone knows this shit, but obviously that's not the case, right? So going back to rationalism, 
what they're going to want to say is that, dude, our senses can be deceived. And if our senses can be deceived, that means that any knowledge that is given to us by way of our senses may not be the most accurate or faithful, right? And thus, you cannot, re you cannot rely on either one of those, okay? So those are the two general camps when it comes to the accumulation of knowledge that we have in philosophy. And, you know, depending on which camp you feel more powerfully about, it it's probably going to depend on how you possibly even perceive the world. None of that, however still even addresses this issue of the truth, right? Because the idea here is then that even with our senses, as I just gave you with the example of the mantis shrimp, that shit is mad limited, yo. And if our senses are limited and if we're losing our, if we're using rather our senses to gain our understanding of reality, well, then it stands to reason that our understanding of reality is going to be as limited as our senses are in the first place, Okay. Conversely, if you're approaching it from the aspect of rationalism and you say that a human or rather our collective human understanding of reality is predicated on our ability to think about reality and what is could possibly, you know, do the armchair philosophy deal. And, you know, it's limited to what we as humans can possibly conceive of as reality. Well, not only are you going to be running afoul of another logical fallacy known as the argument of conceivability that I'll be discussing here shortly. But more importantly, you're basically admitting that our entire understanding of reality is limited to what we, not we like, you know, everyday people like you and I, but let's say the smartest, most intelligent people who have ever existed, that our understanding of reality will be limited to what they can possibly think reality is and come up with the ideas, et cetera, and so on and so forth. So circling back to this whole politics shit, right? When I say that the politicians don't really know what's going on, like, yeah, again, they might know what's going on in regards to, you know, the, the, the political atmosphere of whatever position they occupy. But what the fuck do they know about truth and reality, dog? Seriously, unless they're getting, you know, maybe they do. Honestly, even then, even now, I myself am committing a little bit of a different logical fallacy because I'm assuming that I know everything that the politicians know. But obviously... Obviously, that is not the case. I don't even know what the mayor knows right now about the current haps of the city of El Paso, right? Let alone what Donald Trump knows about the haps of the actual way the world, the world works, right? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do sit these presidents down, right? As a, uh, maybe they do sit these presidents down and they give them, you know, a debriefing about all this shit in the world that they personally know about but that they, that they could never possibly share with us or maybe that they won't share with us until, you know, the time is right, okay? Out of fear of whatever. It could be, you know, again, let's get another thing straight. It doesn't always have to be conspiratorially inclined. You know, some people want to say, oh, the government knows about aliens, man, and they don't want to tell us because, you know, that's the way they stay in power and all that kind of shit. Maybe that's the conspiratorial way to think about it. But a more rational way to think about it is that if aliens did exist or do exist, and we, as average everyday people, find out about it. How are you so confident that people aren't going to lose their fucking shit and go crazy? And that in doing so, it would be against national security interest. And that because of that, they can't tell us that the aliens exist because they realize that we possibly cannot handle such a profound truth of reality. Right. So, again, maybe maybe these maybe these politicians do know shit that me and you don't know. Right. And, you know, uh, because of that, they, you know, act in a certain way. But, uh, you know, I just think that's kind of a far leap to make, man. This idea, for instance, that politicians know exactly what happens when you die, right? That's the kind of shit I'm talking about, okay? 
the idea that politicians know for an absolute fact whether or not God exists or not, right? Whether hell is real, whether the devil is real, like, ooh, the boogeyman, right? That's the kind of shit that I'm fucking talking about, yo. Like, and I'm not really convinced that they do. It's more likely that their knowledge is limited to that which we as a collective society, even not just you and I currently living here right now, but those that came long before us, agreed what reality is, right? We agreed, for instance, that reality, at least here in the United States of America in 2019, is the ability to have freedom of speech and the freedom to not be uh, warrantlessly monitored by our government and the freedom to live a life of happiness and, you know, then the pursuit thereof, right? And that we collectively agreed upon that and then we give the power to these institutions in the, uh, in the form of, you know, individual uh, people to represent our interests to ensure that our, you know, privacy, our security, and our right to a pursuit of a good life is ensured by this, you know, military, the police, the politicians, et cetera, so on and so forth. It's all great. I am 100% on board with these ideas. However, the point that I'm trying to make here is that that is not reality as such, right? That's just the reality that we collectively as human beings have said, this is what reality is, okay? We can base truths on these realities, right? But is it the absolute truth? I don't know, man. I don't know. And thus, we start getting into a little bit of the importance of these logical fallacies, okay? These logical fallacies that are these false but popular beliefs that we, that we all tend to hold on to that are, you know, we realize or maybe don't even realize, as we're going to see here shortly, that they may be deceptively bad arguments. But they're arguments that ultimately just help us sleep at night, right? Like, <laughs> yo, reality's a trip, bro. I don't blame people sometimes. I don't blame people at all. How about that for being religious? You know what I mean? Like, I personally, I'm not religious at all whatsoever, okay? But I can understand the appeal of religion. And in fact, if shit, in the interest of full disclosure, I sometimes envy religious people who are, you know, just so confident. Like, yeah, God exists and God's got my back. Like, damn, dog, that's some serious confidence you got there, bro. Like that shit must help you really sleep at night, you know, as opposed to laying in bed till three o'clock in the fucking morning, wondering what this is all for. Right. What's going to happen when it's all over that kind of shit. Right. So, you know, again, not a religious person, but I can understand the appeal of religion. I can understand why people would want to be a religious person, because, again, you know, life is a trip. And at least religion offers us some sort of a scaffolding to help ease those thoughts that many all of us every single person on this planet that's ever existed and that ever will exist undoubtedly have right however as a philosopher or maybe just a person who is not satisfied with the answers that has been given to them by their religion you realize that much of what the you know I'm, i'll pick on the abrahamic religions just because of how prominent they are but much of what these abrahamic religions tell us for instance it's not doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense right this idea, for instance, that the world is only 5,000 years old, this idea that woman was born out of man's side, his rib, you know what I mean? This idea that it took God seven days to create the, uni the universe, this idea that women are responsible for original sin, and because of that, we're going to suffer for all of human existence, all because one woman supposedly took a bite out of apple that she, uh, an apple that she allegedly wasn't supposed to eat, like... <laughs> Noah's Ark, bro. Like, come on, man. This shit obviously has a lot of holes in it, right? And, you know, if you're coming at it from a philosophical perspective, these holes are exactly what we would refer to, well, in many instances, 
as the logical fallacies, right? These false but popular beliefs that are based on these deceptively bad arguments, that, again, that we willingly in many instances ascribe to for no other reason than doing so helps assuage much of the pain inherent with existence, man, right? <laughs> and again, I, 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 I don't blame people for being religious. I don't hate on people for being religious. But at the end of the day, what it boils down to is that a lot of the times this fucking religious influence, it, it has a detrimental effect on the lives of people, yo. Like, consider the fact that it took up until 2015, 2016 for gay people to be able to get married. So everyday, you know, luxuries in the quote unquote land of the free that heterosexual people took for granted fucking gay people had to fight all the way until 2015 2016 just to be able to enjoy right and the majority of that had nothing to do with anything aside from religious influence the fucking birth control bill that's so controversial right now in new york city right i mean shit dude i'm i guess part of this entails that i would have to share my beliefs on it so fuck it here we go right I'm pro-choice and pro-life. How about that? I am not fucking either or. I think a woman should be able to choose whatever she wants to do with her body, right? Fucking one weekend, nine months in, dude. Like, it's her body. You're, she's the one having the baby. In many instances, she's going to be the one responsible for the baby, right? So why shouldn't she get to choose? And moreover, why the fuck should a group of men, historically, definitely, but definitely right now, the people in the White House, right who will never know what it's like to be pregnant who will never know what it's like to fear being pregnant right like me personally bro this is how many times i've ever thought about getting pregnant in my entire life right getting other people pregnant that's a different story but me personally becoming pregnant fucking never not once man right you know how many times i've had to worry about myself having an abortion this many times bro right so why the fuck should i a person with no experience in the matter have anything to say in regards to what a woman should do with her body at the same time, however, I do also understand the other side of the spectrum, right? The side of the spectrum is like, dude, well, that's a, you know, the embryo becomes a fetus and the fetus inevitably may have the potential to become a child. And if you have a, 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 a an infant, you know what I mean? And if you're waiting until the, the last trimester, possibly even up until the day before the pregnancy is expected, I mean, how is that not murder? That's already a, a, a life, you know, it's got a beating heart. It's fully developed. The brain is there, right? So I understand both sides, right? So it's, it's obviously a very polarizing issue, okay? Um, and it's one that, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to fucking throw my two cents into that mix any more than I already have. Not because I don't, you know, I'm afraid of the repercussions, but so much so because I don't fucking know the right answer, bro. Like, that's a very complicated question. But I do know that your religious belief should not be the end all be all of the discussion. I mean, it's, it's it's part of the discussion, right? But to try to impose your religious belief on somebody else just because, you know, whatever, you think that you have the authority to do so, which we're going to discuss here again, right? You think that God does exist, another logical fallacy in and of itself, right? Like, that that's not enough, man. And if ultimately it boils down to, you know, a state says, like, well, this is what we agreed to and we're going to allow women to get a late-term abortion, then... If you don't fucking like it, dog, leave the state. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know what to say, right? As far as that. But I don't, you know, have to say much more in it other than this idea that it's, you know, religion. Obviously, it fucking deeply influences people's lives. So again, while I will never chastise anybody about their religious beliefs, at the same time, we realize that it's an issue that undoubtedly has to become addressed because of how prominent it is in our lives, right? 
So with that in mind, it's a perfect place, I believe, to start the segue into the logical fallacy that I wanted to discuss for today, and that is the appeal to authority, okay? And an appeal to authority is essentially when you assume that because an individual occupies a position of power that we collectively as a society have agreed that this is an individual of importance, okay, that they are entitled to speak authoritatively on issues that are outside of their area of expertise, okay? So that's just a really fancy way of saying your preacher, your uh, rabbi, your imam, right? Not your mom, but also probably your mom too, but certainly your imam if you're a Muslim person and that the person's kind of kind of the equivalent of a preacher in Christianity, right? Unless they are qualified, right? And by qualified, we mean they have advanced degrees and have dedicated their entire life to the study of things such as, you know, physical anthropology, evolutionary anthropology, astrophysics just fucking physics in general bro like you know astrobiology astro you know cosmology right unless they have advanced degrees in those fields of study they are not fucking qualified to be talking about things such as evolution bro they are not qualified because you know they may be qualified to talk about religion and that's where the that's where it ends okay and unless they have you know like the pope for instance he's got a master's degree in chemistry so if you want to learn about religion and chemistry, the Pope would be a good place to start, right? We're about both equally educated and, you know, well, he's probably more educated than I am, if I'm being honest, right? I'm a dumb fuck. But the idea is at least he's got his bases covered, okay? <laughs> because he definitely has a master's degree in, in, in chemistry, right? So if you want to talk to him about God and chemistry, that's your dude right there, man. But as far as, like, evolution is concerned, there's people who vastly vastly out you know they outrank him in terms of knowledge okay and they know much more about the evolution of the world from its actual perspective from a physical perspective right then will somebody whose entire life has been predicated not on the discovery of knowledge that's you know directly influenced by you know the sciences such as again evolutionary anthropology evolutionary biology and the such right but rather towards the discord exegesis right just religious study that's all they've done their whole life they don't they are not qualified to be speaking about abortion or uh, rather about evolution and i guess fucking abortion too realistically because they don't know you know unless they have the uh the study of the human body for instance they don't really know what it's like to have to endure an, uh, a pregnancy what it's like to have to abort a pregnancy and the like okay so you know, as deeply as you may believe that your preacher is a authoritative figure, as we've already established, this authority is basically only that which we collectively as a society have said, okay, well, these people right here with the little white collar and the black robes, okay, we say that they're authoritative figures, okay, and uh, anything that they say is, is of importance. And as an unphilosophically inclined individual, you would just simply say, well, yeah, and for no other reason than because this is what we as a society have collectively agreed upon as a position of power. But once we start to discuss our philosophical discourse, you realize that it takes more. It takes more than just a title to entitle one to state their claim on very divisive, very complex issues that clearly, clearly have an impact on the lives of peoples around the world. Right. So while I don't doubt that your preacher, your rabbi, your pastor, your mom, maybe even your mom too, have a lot of knowledge when it comes to their particular religion of choice. I am highly, highly skeptical of their knowledge of complex issues such as, again, evolution, biology, 
fucking politics, bro. You know what I mean? Unless they got political science degrees, I'm even skeptical about that too, okay? And to just assume and to cite them as the source of authority for no other reason than we of society have collectively agreed that people in these positions of power are authoritative, it's a logical fallacy, man. That is fallacious thinking. It's false, right? They're false, but popular beliefs and deceptively bad arguments, okay? And by the way, could there possibly be any more authoritative voice than God, right? Some people are like, bro, it's this way because that's what God said. And you're like, fuck, are you sure? Because damn, God's like this omnipotent, present, this omnipresent fucking perfect being. And if he's the one that says how it goes, what chance do I possibly have to argue against God, right? To what you say, well, damn, I guess maybe it is right, right? Nah, dog, that's an appeal to authority. And it's also itself predicated off another logical fallacy that I'll discuss one of these uh, forthcoming podcasts. And it's just circular reasoning. You can only say, it's begging the question more specific, right? What I mean by that basic logic, I fucking just got out of the way really quickly, right? You engage in begging the question, circular reasoning, when you use a premise to justify your conclusion, right? Or rather, more specifically, you use your uh, a premise in your conclusion, Right. And I'll get into it deeper. As a matter of fact, I might even ask one of my fucking logic uh, philosophy uh, homies to come through because realistically, I really don't fucking care about logic too much. Right. Not because I don't like it, but because I'm just not good at it. So I'd rather give you a better definition than than uh, I'd rather them give you a better definition of it. But of how arguments work. Right. Uh, but the basic idea here is if you're using your own belief to justify your own beliefs, guess how many fucking times you're going to be right? A hundred percent because you're using your own beliefs to justify your own beliefs. Right. That's begging the question. That's circular reasoning. So when you imply God's authority and, you know, people who are afraid of God and say, well, I guess there's no more powerful authority than God. So I guess this is the way it must be. Maybe. Or maybe you're fucking committing a logical fallacy by begging the question and assuming that God even exists in the first place. Right. You can only invoke God's existence into an argument if you believe God exists. And if you don't believe in God's existence, well, then I guess it's not really much of an authoritative figure. Then after all, is it? Okay, so that's the first part of how this uh, circular or rather appeal to authority works. Okay, The second part is one that I always find to be the most interesting, at least in my first four years at EPCC and Doña Ana now that I'm there, too. Right. I always like to pull a little fuck fuck trick with my students after. I mean, this is only because I'm I'm only able to do this now because and especially when I first started, you know, I was even younger then. But still to this day, I have to address that awkward moment when someone as young as many of the students in the class and definitely in many instances younger than some of the students in the class, you know, is the actual professor. And these the fucking students look at me like, for real, dog? I even had one semester, last semester, I had one student, right? I don't Anna, my first semester, I don't Anna, who looked at me straight up. He's a former Marine. I won't say his name, but if he ever hears this, what's up, dog? I see you, right? He straight up looked at me the first day of class and he said, for real, dog? That's exactly what he said. And I was just like, what? And he said, you're the professor. And I said, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Right. And, you know, after the first week of class, I like to pull this little fuck fuck trick on them. And I like to ask them usually because, again, they're still, you know, you know, the shock, I guess, is still there. OK. And I like to ask them for like straight up. Are you sure I'm your philosophy professor? Like I'm being honest now. OK. What? reason do you have to justifiably believe that i in fact am the philosophy professor right none of y'all ever asked me for my epcc id or my donia anna community college id right 
None of y'all have ever looked into my qualifications as a philosopher, right? You've never asked for my transcripts. You don't even know if I have a degree or not, okay? You've never gone to the front office and asked, hey, for sure, there's like this young dude who just walked into class and just, you know, started talking. Is he for sure the philosophy professor? Y'all didn't do any of that, right? Y'all just came and you sat down in the chairs of the classroom like you've been socialized to do since you were in elementary school. And you assumed that the person who stood up in the front of the class and just started confidently talking is the one who's in charge of the class. And now you're just rocking with it and you're not even going to pause to question it. You're just going to assume that I'm the authoritative figure in the class because what? I come up here and start using a bunch of fancy words that you've never even heard before. And by the way, you understand that. Think about it this way. You only know what you know because you don't know what you don't know. Or rather, let's put it even more direct. You don't know what you don't know unless you know what you don't know. However, you can never know what you don't know unless you first know what you don't know. So how can you learn what you don't know if you don't already know what you don't know, right? So when it comes to these philosophy students who have just come into the philosophy class for the first time, many of them have never taken a philosophy class before. Many of them have never even read a philosophy textbook before. So how do they know that what I'm teaching them is even philosophy in the first place, right? They're just assuming they're taking an authority. They're, they're appealing. They're you know they're 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 making a logical fallacy of appealing to authority and assuming that what I am teaching them is philosophy, and unfortunately for them, they have nothing to compare it to. So they won't even know if I'm really teaching them philosophy. I could be teaching them anti-philosophy, and they wouldn't even know because in order to know what you don't know, you have to first know what you don't know. Right. So they're just taking it off my authority that I have their best interest in mind and that I am teaching them the philosophy. And most of them will never even pause to question it. They'll never be like, hey, are you sure you're the philosophy professor? And how do I know for sure this is the actual philosophy as writ? Do you are they going to go look it up? Hopefully. Right. And even then, the people that wrote down philosophy before them, why shouldn't they be questioned? Why shouldn't the people who wrote the textbooks be questioned? Why shouldn't we be asking like, hey, these these motherfuckers really know what philosophy is or are they just advancing their own narrative of what they believe philosophy is to try to get me to believe that this is what the truth is, right? Because chances are, more often than not, it's probably the latter, right? And if we're being honest, it's not really that much of a surprise. If you're, especially if you're an older individual, you know for fuck sure, man, people come with agendas. People always trying to teach you some shit that may not very well be the truth, but their version of the truth. Not because they care about you and you becoming this enlightened individual, but because again, they either want to fuck you or they want to take your money or again, both, right? These people, they don't, they don't, they, you know, the majority of people, they don't care about that kind of shit, right? They're just trying to get, just trying to get through in life. They're trying to advance their position in life, right? So it's going back to this idea from the first lecture. I was like, damn, how am I not like them, right? Realistically, like how am I not like them? Okay. And honestly, the best answer that I can come up with is shit. You got to take me at my word, dog, but <laughs> I understand that's not really, you know, that's not a very satisfying answer, which is not a bad thing, man, because this is the point in the class where my students are like, well, then why shouldn't I question you? To which I respond by saying, exactly. You should be questioning me. You should not just take it off the authority that I allegedly have to come in here and teach you something that you will never even question. Okay. You should question all your teachers. You should question all your preachers. You should question all your leaders. Okay. And ask yourself like, what the fuck? 
what makes this person qualified to be the one telling everybody what to do with their life? How do I know that this person is for sure the one that knows the way things are working? Okay. There's ways, there's ways, you know what I mean? It's not a complete free for all, right? Obviously I told you at the very beginning of this podcast that science is my preferred go-to method and it's preferred go-to method of, 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 I would say the majority of people on this planet. And if you ain't with science and I would urge you, in fact, I beg you to throw away your cell phone at this very moment because you understand that it's only possible to have a cell phone in the first place because of science. Right. But this, this would even get into an even deeper problem with the, with the logical fallacy of appealing to authority. And that is that realistically I can sit here and I can, you know, quote science all I'd like, and I could cite science all I'd like, and I could use science to justify my uh, the, 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 the knowledge that I'm allegedly sharing with you all, all that I like. But realistically, I'm telling you straight up, I don't fucking have any scientific knowledge, okay? The best that I have is reading knowledge. I can just read scientific papers and be like, well, this is what scientists said. But that doesn't mean that I understand what the scientists actually said. You know what I mean? Uh, my best example, the, my favorite example of this would be back in the day, I used to be like, I, you know, no, I'm fuck it. I still have conspiratorial tendencies, but as far as conspiracy theories, nah, that's not a part of my lexicon anymore, right? And it's not because I fucking outgrew them, but it's because, well, I guess I did outgrow them in the sense that, you know, I realized not, I, I did not grow them because I got older. Trust me, I was a conspiracy theorist up, up, up until about two years ago, <laughs> right? So it's not because I outgrew them age-wise, but more importantly is because I, grew, I outgrew them philosophically. Right. I just realized that realistically, many conspiracy theories are just lazy thinking. Right. But uh, in this particular instance, I used to be fucking firmly convinced, bro, that the moon landing was a hoax. OK, like there was nothing anybody could tell me otherwise. I was like, bro, there's no fucking way. Like we got that meteor shower, the Kuiper meteor belt, I believe it's called. Right. You got that that layer of uh, radiation outside of the atmosphere. We've never you know, we haven't been back to the moon since the 1960s. Our technology is leaps and bounds better than that. Ain't nobody fucking using a phone from the 1960s, bro. Right. You can't tell you telling me they can't put a man on the moon in 2019. And by the way, if we fucking put a man on the moon, you don't think we could come up with some better shit like a fucking a healthy Twinkie, bro. Like, come on, man. Right. It's fucking 2019. Fucking Twinkies are still they're bad for you. But we put a man on the moon. Come on, man. Right. So for the longest time, I was fucking vehemently against the idea that we landed on the moon. And then I fucking asked myself, yo, real shit, dog. What do you know, you, Isaac Senesettles, what do you know about aeronautical engineering? What, Isaac Senesettles, do you know about astrophysics? What do you know about physics? What do you know about moon cycles? What do you know about orbits? What do you know about gravity? What do you know about trajectory of rockets and shit, yo? Like, honestly, I don't know any of that shit. All I know is what I falsely believed other people allegedly knew. And even then, I don't really know what they know. They could just be making shit up. They could be making credentials up. In which case, what realistically differentiates me from the students that I just spent the last five minutes making fun of? Nothing, dog. I have no knowledge of, you know, any of the the requirements necessary to have put a person on the moon. So why do I feel qualified to be discussing as to whether or not people actually landed on the moon? I'm not qualified to do so, bro. And moreover, the majority of the people that I was, you know, that I that I believed falsely were they they weren't either, man. And if if if, if that wasn't enough, it's not like I had ever paused to consider the likelihood that, you know what? Maybe we did land on the moon, man, right? 
because the entire time that I would research shit like moon landing, I would only ever moon, uh, Google moon landing hoax. Okay. I never paused to consider the, you know, the importance of Googling moon landing hoax debunked, right? Because if I had, I would have been turned on to a lot of information that could easily have proven my, at the time, very limited understanding of how we allegedly never landed on the move on the moon wrong. Okay. So what I did is basically I entered myself. I allowed myself to be entered into this echo chamber where confirmation bias was the law of the land. Okay. And the way confirmation bias works is simple. Yo, you just, you only ever find people who believe exactly as you do and you use them as justification for your beliefs. So going back to this logical fallacy of begging the question, you know, appealing, you know, uh, of begging the question, secular reasoning, right? If that's a logical fallacy, justifying your beliefs, using your beliefs, right? How is fucking justifying your beliefs by appealing to other people who believe exactly like you do any different? It's not, bro, right? It's the same exact thing. It's my favorite part about, you know, uh, Cowboys fans, yo. Cowboys fans, y'all are convinced, man, that, you know, y'all are the greatest team that's ever existed, okay? Despite the fact that, from my understanding of professional football and of greatness in general, that is generally measured by what we collectively as a society deem as the marker, right, for what is great. And in terms of the NFL, it would appear as though the marker for what is great is Super Bowl champions. And the last time I checked, the Pittsburgh Steelers had six Super Bowls and the Dallas Cowboys only had five, which leads me to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are in fact not the greatest football team that's ever existed, but that the Pittsburgh Steelers and possibly maybe this weekend, the New England Patriots, I fucking hope not, but maybe the, for no other reason, I just, ugh, ugh, right? Uh, there's just something about that team that I just find very off-putting. Ugh, I can't explain it, right? Um, but they may very well be on par with the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend as for the greatest team that's ever existed, right? But you can't tell Cowboys fans that. You ask a Cowboys fan who the greatest team is, in complete defiance of what greatness the measurements are, will tell you resoundingly that it's the Dallas Cowboys. And if it's not this year, it'll be next year for sure. That it's their year. Next year or this year, right? It's not ugh, next year, bro. Next year's our year, right? Because this year, which was next year, last year, right? Clearly wasn't their year. <laughs> but and and you know, if it wasn't bad enough that you couldn't sway them, sway them from this belief just by virtue of pointing out the obvious that greatness is measured in the NFL in terms of how many Super Bowls you've won, right? It's the ultimate litmus test. They will turn around and convene with their fellow Cowboys fans who, as delusional as they are, will equally, right, resolutely resound these false beliefs about how great the Dallas Cowboys are. And even though last year wasn't their year, that the next year certainly will be. Bro, you all, that's an echo chamber. Is the echo chamber the same exact one that I was in with the moon landing hoax, right? It's confirmation bias. You're only looking at the opinions of people who believe exactly like you do, okay? And again, you'd be surprised how often you're right if you only follow the opinions of those who believe what you do. The answer, again, is one fucking hundred percent of the time, right? And as convenient as this is, right, true knowledge occurs when we move beyond that and start to consider the likelihood that, you know what, maybe... Maybe I am wrong. Maybe that I, as a human being, am fallible. And maybe in this fallibility, I need to recognize that I am prone to error, admit the error in my way, 
and discard the many false beliefs that have led me to error, not because any other reason than doing so will allow me to advance towards a greater understanding of what truth, assuming it even exists, is in the first place. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's see. There's eh, still a bit of time left. Uh, with that in mind, I guess another thing that I wanted to talk about was, yeah, you know, this is like a good segue. I said, I guess it's perfect. Uh, one of the little other little rants that I went on in my first podcast here was on the role of education and where I fucked up is don't get me twisted. Like there's no doubt that I believe what, you know, uh, how the government is actively, you know, uh, suppressing information from individuals. This is not shocking news. This is fucking, this is obvious, right? How the government's been doing this from day one, right? Actually, I just read, however, the other day that there was a, a law apparently in the state of Texas that was trying to be passed. I'm not sure if it was passed because I didn't fucking bother looking up after that. But I read that it was possibly being passed in 2012, a law by the Republican Party here in Texas that sought to eliminate the study of fields of knowledge, fields of study that they believe would get people to question their, well, I said family, I believe, right? But by family, they basically mean their state, okay? Like state of Texas, the, the United States of America with a capital S, if you will, right? Which I just thought was fucking hilarious, okay? Especially in regards when I told you, like, yeah, they don't teach us this shit. And obviously, why would they? Because if you teach someone how to think, like for reals how to think, they not, probably, they're probably not going to need you to make decisions for them, right? So don't get me twisted. Like, I 100% agree with everything I said in that first lecture. I'm not taking it back in any way, shape, or form. But one thing I did feel as though I left out, and it's important for me to emphasize that although the government is what is responsible, at least responsible, for educating us from a K-12 through level, real shit, bro. The government is not responsible for your education. The government should never be responsible for anything in your life, realistically, right? And let alone your education, okay? The fact that we were forced to go to school, mandatory, because then they'll take your parents to, you know, truancy court and they'll have to pay out of pocket to make up, to compensate for the money that the state lost, the school lost in this particular instance, for you not being in school, like, that's a, that's a given, okay? That's the threat of force and the threat of imprisonment and the threat of financial retribution at its finest, Okay? But if you're relying on the government to educate you, you already fucked up, dog. Okay. Education does not start at school. Education starts at home. School is just meant to supplement that shit. Right. And if you believe that the government is going to do their, uh, you know, a good job of educating you, you already fucked up, bro. From step one. Okay. Obviously, the government's not going to try to educate you in the best way possible for you. They're going to try to educate you in the way that's best possible for them, right? So, yeah, that's the first part of what I left out. But more importantly, this is the more important part. And that is that education does not end when either the government in K-12 through or we as a society in college, right, value when an education should end. Right. So what I mean by that is just because the government doesn't say you have to you, doesn't compel you to go to school after, you know, high school, senior year of high school. And just because as a, as a society, we will look kindly upon you if you finish your four years in college. Right. That doesn't mean that your education stops in high school when you graduate and that it stops after college as soon as you graduate. Like that is nonsensical, bro. Right. There's a great quote that states that the truly educated never graduate. 
And that more than anything is exactly what I was trying to convey in that rant that I went on in my first podcast describing the role of education, man. There are so many people out there who are running around, myself included, admittedly, but like I said, at least with my study of philosophy, I've been able to keep it in check a little bit more. But they're running around here making fucking decisions, important ones in many instances. If you look up how many, you know, people in politics that have actual college educations, you'd be shocked to see how few of them really have a college education to begin with, right? And so not only are they making decisions that deeply influence the lives of other people, right? Uh, but many are contributing to this process if they're not politicians, but maybe they ally themselves with the politicians predicated entirely off either the limited education that they received from the government or the limited education they received after graduating college because, you know, they never bothered to continue researching matters because fuck it, no one's grading me anymore. I don't got to do this for a test. Why should I read this, right? And they're using this very limited framework of understanding how to think critically that was given to them either by, uh, you know, the government again through K through 12 or by the colleges, which many of them themselves are obviously influenced by the government as well. And they are using that to make complex decisions about the lives that directly impact rather the lives of billions of people around the world. And that's more importantly, the point that I was trying to get to this idea like, yo, education is a hugely powerful force and if you don't think that you have to continue to educate yourself and that you can continue to make these decisions based off your previous programming bro you i mean you're leaving so much of reality off on the table right now i'm not just going to sit here and try to tell you how to live your life but i will say that you know a little education really never hurt nobody a little extra education uh going out of your way to talk about you know ideas that you don't agree with it i mean it's the mark of a true mind, the mark of true intelligence, rather, is the ability to entertain other ideas. The quote that it's attributed, attributed to, I'm sure, various thinkers, but more often, I believe, is attributed, unfortunately, to Socrates or Aristotle or one of those fucking pedophiles, right? Um, so, yeah, um, circling back to the whole idea about politics, right? Like, it's not that I don't think it's important. It's just that I, Isaac Senecetos, I'm not going to fucking look to the president of the United States, whoever it might be, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, President Bush II, you know, George Clinton and President Bush the first, and even Ronald Reagan. That's the list of presidents that have been in office since I've been born. Right. The fuck am I going to look to them for for answers of how to live my life? They can serve as role models. Right. But do they really know what the truth is about reality? Because that's what I, that's what I want to know in life. Right. And if they don't, what the fuck do I care about them? Right. And of what interest is whether they whether or not they got peed on by some prostitute or not. I don't give a fuck. Right. Of what interest is the you know, all this petty shit that, that gets passed off as politics to me personally, who's trying to, you know, continue on my trajectory towards the accumulation of knowledge and possibly the uh, uh, arriving at a hopeful truth that inevitably uh, that I hope does exist. It's not. And, and because of that, like, I, you know, it's. I'm not going to appeal to them as an authoritative figure to help uh, determine the outcome or quality of my life is the point that I'm trying to convey here, right? So with that in mind, I believe this is a good time as any to go ahead and shut this bad boy down. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, well, the fuck, this is the second one, dog, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Real shit, though. I do hope you enjoyed it. And I know I definitely enjoyed recording it. And I look forward to bringing you more here in the future. So until then... Peace.